Well, hi Adele. Hello. Uh, you are, uh, you've been called the most promising talent of 2008. How do you like the uh, extra attention? Um, I don't mind. It's all right. It's nice to be, um, to be tipped and to, to, um, to have lots of people thinking I'll do that. It's quite, it can be a bit hard though sometimes. Um, a lot to live up to, but I'm not that fussed by it. I think there's quite a lot of promising acts for 2008. I think um, Vampire Weekend, Duffy and Laura Marling as well. Um, so I'd like to be part of them rather than the one. <laughs> the one, yeah, yes. you don't want to be the one. Not really, no. <laughs> no, because uh, I can imagine your life changed quite a lot yes. in a year. Yes, it has, yeah. yeah. Can you remember what you did a year ago? This time a year ago, Absolutely nothing. I had a record deal, but I wasn't writing any songs. I was doing absolutely nothing. I think I was just staying at home watching Sex in the City. I think that's yeah. all I was doing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, you're still only 19? Yes. Yeah. I was wondering, um, were you, as a child, a musical talent? No, yeah. I, no, not really. I always, I've always been singing. I've been singing since I was like four years old, like in the car or in the bath at dinner, at school. Um, I've never been a professional singer, I still don't think I am. Um, but I'm not from a musical background, never had any lessons, so... And why, when did you start playing guitar or any musical I start, instrument? I started playing um, guitar when I was 16. Um, I played the clarinet a bit when I was from like, from like 11 to 16. But then I started smoking, I don't really have very good lungs anymore. Um, 16 when I started playing guitar, yeah. Okay, but uh, as, a, as a kid, what, what, you, what were you listening to then? Like as a young, young child, I used to listen to the Spice Girls and Take That and Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears and NSYNC, E17, Gabrielle. Um, and then when I was kind of like a young teenager, like 11 or 12, um, I got into like Destiny's Child and Mary J Blige and Faith Evans and Lauren Hill, Fuji's, D'Angelo, LL Cool J, P Diddy, Puff Daddy, Diddy, whatever his name is, he keeps changing his name. <laughs> um, and then that was, um, from that, it was like a natural progression to get into like Etta James and Aretha Franklin and... Karen Dalton and kind of like the legends of of like proper like soul and R&B, you know, rhythm and blues rather than contemporary auto-tuned R&B. Yeah, you still like that? Though? Yeah, I love all of that. I still love the Spice Girls as well. I went to go see them in December. Okay. I love all music. I love all music very much. And I'm still very much in love with the music that I listened to when I was young, like as I am now. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I read somewhere um, that um, you, 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 you're from... Tottenham? Yeah, I was born in Tottenham. There. And uh, you went to a school and you, where you were the only white kid in your class? Yeah, yep. That's just kind of, you know, in Tottenham and in South London. Because I, I was born in Tottenham and grew up in South London. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really that big of a deal. I don't know where that came from, actually. But yeah, I was, pretty much. Yeah, but um, did you find that strange or was it just... No, no, always. Was, yeah, it was always. It was always like that, yeah. It's just kind of... Um, yeah, schools in London are always like that, really, unless you've got loads of money. You go to yeah. a white school that I went to. Was it, was it also like, like a bit of a tough neighbourhood? Yeah, but not, not if when you, you know, it's a rough neighbourhood if you don't live there. If you live there, you know what to deal with. So um, from maybe from the outside, it might seem rough, but, but when you live there, no, not at all. Yeah. You, you uh, found your way there. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, I had a really yeah. good childhood. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then uh, the other story that uh, one day you, you bought Ella James and Ella Fitzgerald. Yes. And, but that was, was really, really more to impress your friends? Yeah, well, I was a grunger at the time. I pretended that I liked Slipknot and Corn when really they actually terrified me. Um, and oh, why, I, did, why did you present them? Because I loved the fashion. I liked the dog collars and the baggy jeans and the trainers and the jumpers. And um, 
and it was just what we were all doing. Um, and then we were in HMV in London, and I went into like, the jazz section. It wasn't so much to impress my friends, but it was to show them that, actually, guys, I don't actually like Slipknot. Um, so I went in there, and I bought Annette James and Ella Fitzgerald's record. And why them? Um, they're in a, it's in a bargain bin. It's like two for five pounds. Um, and I liked their hair at the time. I'd heard of Ella Fitzgerald, but I'd never heard of Etta James. And she's now my favourite singer. Um, but like that primped kind of 40s kind of jazz hair. And my cousin was training to be a hairdresser and I was her model. And um, I bought them with my pocket money to show her. I never got the hairstyle, but I fell in love with Etta James. Um, she made me want to sing properly. Yeah, so at first it was like a statement and then... Um, and then it grew. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. remember when you put those albums on for the first time, what, what, what was it that... It was the, the passion in their voices that got me, especially like um, Ella Fitzgerald's ability with her voice is amazing. Like, I've always been obsessed with voices like, since I was really little. Um, but Etta James, the passion in her voice, I believe every single word that she sings and, and every breath that she like, kind of holds or doesn't take, I, I do exactly the same. Like, when you're listening to her, I was sort of blown away and I, you know, she was so sincere and like, so much conviction in her voice. I love her. I think she's amazing. Yeah, and w when you started singing, uh, it, you yourself, it wasn't really like the Spice Girls at all, or the, I mean, well, it, was, uh, it was when I was little. <laughs> it okay. was when I was little. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah where where did, did your own voice? How did it grow? Where did it come from? I, I taught yeah. myself how to sing by listening to Ed James. So when I bought the album, I was like fourteen, fifteen. My voice kind of changed from being kind of like really generic and like 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 the Spice Girls and like Destiny's Child. Not that Destiny's Child is generic at all. Um, but when I listened to Etta James, because of the passion in her voice, I started like, think, thinking about lyrics rather than just singing them, just remembering them, you know, I started singing them. And um, and it was when I um, wrote my first song of my own about something that I felt, which was Hometown Glory, um, instead of like impersonating Etta James and Jill Scott and Lauren Hill, uh, my own voice kind of came in because I was singing about my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that was the first song, Hometown Glory? That was the first song I wrote, yeah. Because it's on the album? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, what's the newest one on the album? The newest one on the album is White as Rain. Okay. Yeah. And what's for you the the big differences between between those songs? Between those ones, um, Hometown Glory is, um, Hometown Glory was written, it was, it's, you know, when I signed my record deal, I had three songs. It was Hometown Glory, Daydreamer and My Same. And um, so I had three songs I signed, and then there was like eight months where I didn't write any songs because I just finished college and I, I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to go out partying and have fun and see my friends and stay up late. And um, so when I when I wrote my songs, when Writer's Rain was the last song I wrote, so I wrote the rest of the album in May last year. Um, I was in a different place because I was feeling quite upset. Whereas Hometown Glory, I was very young and I was naive and I was 16. I was in love with London. I thought it was really cool to be from London. So I guess maturity an experience. I hadn't really experienced anything when I was 16. Whereas 19, I think I've experienced a lot. Not more than, not, no more than any other 19 year old, but a lot more than I had when I was 16. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, I read somewhere you, you described the album as a as kind of a breakup album. Yeah, very much. Very but, much. Uh, yeah, that, that's quite a thing for a 19 year old. Yeah, I, I guess it's just sort of, um, I, well, I mean, I wrote the album to get it off of my chest, you know, to kind of get it out of my system. Um, but it's, it's no more than any other 19-year-old. Um, it's just mine's magnified because it's a record that's been released around the world. Um, I never really thought of that when I was writing it, but and now I have to talk about the boy that I hate all the time. So, oh, really? Yeah. You, you still hate him? We were friends, but I do hate him a little bit, yeah. A little bit. 
Yeah. Okay. That's um. The, do, do you have one song and most what's that's the most important one for you on the album? Um, there's two. Like "Melt My Heart to Stone" is my favorite song on the album, um, and that song was really like difficult when I was singing. I was I was just like been crying loads, um, but that's my favorite song on the album, and that came like that. The lyrics came as as I was recording. I didn't have any lyrics; they came as I was recording, um, and "Make You Feel My Love," the Bob Dylan cover. Um, when I heard that, the album's finished and we had another song that we then took off to put Make You Feel My Love on it. Um, and I, I, I love other people's songs, but I don't like covering other people's songs because I never think I can do them just for justice, you know. And, and, they're, and they're other people's songs and I don't want to touch them because they're quite personal, I think, songs. But I heard that song and I read the lyrics and they're the most beautiful lyrics I've ever read or heard or sung. And they just kind of summed up everything that I've been trying to write in my songs about how I felt. Um, and it's, it's my favourite song. I think it's such a beautiful song, Make It For My Love. Um, so that one's important because before, even though I thought the album was complete and finished, when I heard that, it just kind of summed up. And it, like if my album was a shape before I heard that, the album was kind of like that. And then when I did it, it kind of became a whole circle, which that's, that's really important to me as well, that song, and important for the album, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, it made it uh, to, to an album. Yes, yeah, album. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you call this uh, yeah kind of the breakup album. And, yes. Uh, since songs you wrote since since you recorded this album. I haven't written any. any. Haven't written any. No, because I'm not. I like songs that I can relate to that I feel that have been written for me. Like even if it's like some like megastar, you know, when songs just make you you honestly believe that they're written about you that you can relate to. I like writing songs like that, and I like writing songs that people can relate to. And at the moment, I have nothing that anyone can relate to, you know, that, that the, the general public can relate to. Um, and I don't think people will connect with me if I write about hotel rooms and, and flying and traveling the world, but seeing none of it. <laughs> I don't think people will relate to that. But uh, doesn't that scare you that, like, um, well, it, it doesn't seem, uh, yeah, you are a popular singer now. I am, uh, but I'm in no rush to write my second album. I'm in no rush at all. I want a big old break at the end. <laughs> at the end of this like campaign, um, I want a big break, and I and I, I just you know I need to. I don't really feel anything at the moment like that, that other people feel. So until I do, I won't be writing any songs. So you're not. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't make you nervous that you're no, not no, writing at this no. moment. I quite like it. It's making me even more excited to when I get a, a proper break and get to go and spend time with them. Um, with like my friends that like I've known forever and you know I'm going to be normal I look forward to it it's exciting you know and I wrote that album I wrote nine songs on that album in three weeks so I don't think it'll take me too long just one experience and I'll be able to write it hopefully I say that it's probably about 10 years now now I've said that I've probably jinxed it but yeah I'm not nervous yeah. at all about that I'm excited about that yeah. but you said nine in two weeks three weeks nine in three weeks in May I wrote, okay. it, wrote it all in May and then recorded it last year so it's it's really you. You write the songs if you feel that you're. You have to say something. Yeah, the, you know, in, in, in when I always let things build up in me, and then <laughs> when it's the right time, it just explodes and comes out. And um, yeah, I, I, it's real patches that I'm. I'm creative. That I write songs. It's not like kind of paced and all the way through the year. It's very like all at one time. I found so. Hopefully, that'll be the same with the second record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about the the songs. In another interview of you, um, 
I, uh, I read um, that you write songs if you really want to say something to people, that that's more easier for you. Yeah, um, well, I, sorry, but <laughs> um, I can't, um, I can't say how I feel. Like I can like this, like in an interview, but um, you know, with like, to my boyfriend or if I have an argument with my mum or fall out of one of my friends, I can never say exactly how I feel to their faces because I don't like confrontation and it will why, cause. Why? Why not? Because it always ends in a fight, and I don't like fights because they just make me upset. Um, so I, I never say how I feel. So songs are how I explain how I feel, and and it's that's the only way I do get it out of me, like how I feel. You know, I don't write a song and then go, "That's how you make me feel." I don't do it like that. But for myself, it's for my own peace of mind. I have to write songs because in in reality, I can't really admit things to myself. So I have to um, have to put it in song because also. Even if you feel really sorry for yourself in a song, it sounds glamorous, <laughs> so it makes it seem better. Makes it seem better, yeah. Yeah, even though it's very much not. Yeah. What would you say you you don't don't like to admit things to yourself? Like the last relationship I was in was a sour, horrible, horrible relationship, and I never knew that when I was in it until it ended, and then I realised that it was, and that's when I wrote the album. Yeah. So, but but you in the relationship you didn't feel the urge to write songs. No, so I was happy. Yeah. When I'm happy, I um I don't write songs because I'm out being happy and having a party. Hopefully that won't mean I always have to be sad. <laughs> that would be really yeah. horrible. If it yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Is it is it a little bit strange? You know how, how how do you feel about how people talk about your music? Like it's like it sounds so mature and and so deep and. Um, yeah, and, I don't uh, mind. You, you're just a girl that likes to party. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't. Um, I like. I. I, I do, do you hear it yourself? I don't really. I don't, I don't really like. Kind of. I'm not really a critic on my album. I love my album. I'm really proud of it, and I love singing my songs, whether I'm on my own or to an audience or you know whatever or in a radio station or to my mum. I really enjoy it. Um, I appreciate other people's opinions on my music, and I respect them. But if they're good or bad, I'm not really that fast, you know, um, what you don't read never existed, so, um, but you know, matru maturity, yeah, you know, I think, I don't think I am mature as a person, I think maybe my music is because of the kind of artist that I listen to, um, and the kind of artist that I, I aspire to be like, um, but you know, it's, it's nice to, um, it's nice to get praise and it's, it's, I don't, you know, it's not nice to get, like, criticism, but it's an opinion, so you have to respect it. It's just like in normal life, you know, you like some things and you hate others. So either or, I'm not really bothered. Yeah. yeah. You like performing? I love performing. I get really nervous before I go on. Like last night in Brussels, I had a gig and I was sick. I actually puked into the bin because I was so nervous. But as soon as I get on stage, I'm fine. I love it. I love entertaining people. And it's the best feeling in the world to have loads of people singing back songs that you just wrote like in your room. Like, do you know what I mean? Like in your teenage bedroom and there's people singing back to you and I find it amazing that people spend their own money to come and see you and give you like an, like an hour or two of their, of their time for you like that's the best, best feeling ever like and I'm and I'm so conscious of that and I love it and I'm you know if I do 20 gigs in a row the 20th gig has got to be as good if not better than the first you know just because you're tired you have to always always deliver and I, I love singing live I love it I love it it's the best thing ever Okay. Thank you very much. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah.